Hey there, unicorns. Danny here. Happy Juneteenth. Today we have a special bonus episode for you. It is the audio from our Instagram live that we did last weekend. It's kind of rough, a little raw and uncut, uh, but I hope you enjoy it. If you'd rather watch the actual video, you can head over to our Instagram page at Biracial Unicorns to check that out. But we know that some of you aren't on Instagram and uh, many of you that did join us on Instagram requested that we save the video uh, so that you could revisit it. So here's the audio for it. We hope you enjoy. We'll be back on Tuesday with our normal mini-sode schedule. So we'll see you then. Have a great weekend. Here's the show. Happy Saturday, Dominica. <laughs> what 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 time that we uh, we live in, girl? Uh, how how are you, Boo? I'm doing okay today. Like, um, you know, it's been a heavy fucking couple of weeks. Um, and if I'm being honest, I've had a heavy like month and a half. But I'm doing okay. How are you? Uh, you know, same. I feel like I have emerged out of a social media darkness. I think, you know, same thing, a very heavy month, but particularly the last two weeks have been incredibly grueling. And I feel like the last two days feeling like, okay, this feels a little bit more like myself, that it feels a little bit better. So I don't, I don't think we're alone in that as well. Yeah, I think that's the the general mood, um, for sure. But it's it's a weird time because I feel like social media was so loud a week ago, and now it's like tapering off already. I'm like, like I knew it was coming. Like I knew there was no way that so many people were going to sit with this for so long. But I did not expect it to happen so quickly. Girl, you know, I, I actually tend to agree with you. I normally thought with this particular movement, with the Black Lives Matter movement, I was like, you know what, in, in six months, if people are still hashtagging it a little bit, you know, I'll be happy because I'm expecting it to have some deflation. Girl, I, I, I'm, I've been, I'm a little shook at how quiet it has already been, but I think that has to deal with a lot of fatigue, but that's part of the reason why we're doing this live today. I think we want to touch on how we're both feeling, how we're both doing, uh, some things and patterns that we've been seeing, questions that we've been asked kind of um, at a multiple level and kind of do one big blanketed answer. We want to try to give some encouragement or some advice. And if we have time, maybe somebody wants to join us. Yeah. If someone's in the mood, maybe share an experience or ask us a question where we're very protective of our bubble. So we thought we'd slightly expand a little bit and add some some more to it. So um, is there, because we have this shared space right now of social media and what this kind of a little sneak peek of an episode that we're going to be releasing on Tuesday, has there been anything particular in social media that has been helpful or unhelpful 
to you during the Black Lives Matter movement? Mm-hmm. I mean, like I I have found it to be a good place to get information. Um, and I have found it a good place to feel connected, um, which I think is what social media should do in the best best of times, worst of times, like when social media is functioning at its best, I think that it's it's like a place to get good information. It's a place to feel connected in the world. And I think we've seen the importance of that with COVID and everything. So yeah. I think we've kind of had that practice going into uh, the Black Lives Matter. So that was really, really nice, I think. Um, but on the other end, it's always those those things are also kind of hard um, because it's like I, I've found myself on social media much more than I usually am. Um, and that doesn't feel healthy to me. Um, and also, I feel like it's bringing out a lot of uh, pretty petty feelings <laughs> in myself. Um, sure. How about you? I know like you have just like at first you're just like fuck this <laughs> I can't, I can't. Uh, which I think is an entirely valid response it's a uh, I am not gonna lie I have been on the petty train the midnight petty train to Georgia I have been that is the secret word of the day is a little bit of pettiness a little bit of bitterness in to expand on that I think the beginning of the Black Lives Matter movement, something biracial unicorns has not been a stranger to and uh, has really interwoven the ideas of race and the construct of it for almost two years now, come fall. And to start hearing people kind of coming out of the woodworks uh, and say, did you know this was a problem? We need to start supporting people of color. We need to start do this or, hey, there's some wrongdoing or even me as a Christian, the church being like, oh, maybe we haven't really addressed this. It's one of those moments where I'm just like, you're right. You're right. So it has definitely been a, as we talked about before, that double-edged sword of, yes, those who have been in slumber and denial are starting to wake up but now they're entering into this phase of what we talk about on the show of mid-wokeness, which I find to be very dangerous. <laughs> mid-wokeness is that time in between full awareness of what's going on social media-wise. But it's uh, they're, they're getting information that's not necessarily valid. They also tend to be on the microphone a little bit long. I, I've had some amazing, lovely friends who mean the best intentions, but you're supposed to use your voice as a mouthpiece. You're supposed to make space for the people who are actually being marginalized. Do you know what I'm saying? So when you get on the mic, you need to call to attention and pass it on and not, did you know this is going on? It, it Once again, the focus kind of falls back on you and it's actually can become quite painful for people of color to see. And I'm kind of seeing that, that mid wokeness where you haven't quite done all the work yet you haven't got completely educated and once again you're kind of taking up all the space that you say that we need to create so i have been completely honest have been dealing with that i feel like i'm on the other end of that and being able to give grace and kind of get back to the the job at hand the end goal of which is what we want to do but girl the pettiness was real (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, and I think the, this idea of mid-wokeness and how frustrating it is, is not unfamiliar either. Like I've felt that way in various spaces um, for years. <laughs> like you see somebody like starting to like awaken uh, to these ideas and, and to the the acknowledgement that there's so much social justice work to be done. And like, they, they want to just like test saying all these things and throwing them all out there. And, and on one hand, I'm like, yes, get it. But on the other hand, I'm like, you know, like, I already know this. You, you don't need to tell me this. I've been like sitting with these ideas for a long time. I'm calling it brown splaining. Did you just brown splain to me? <laughs> Yeah, I, it, it's exhausting. Um, and and I heard this interview with an author recently who was who was talking about um, like because all these books about racism are now like skyrocketing to the bestseller lists, which is awesome. Like, hopefully, people are just actually going to read these books and not just buy them. Um, but. But I mean, buy them and, and let's get paid. Let's get these people paid. But like, hopefully they're actually reading them. Um, but it's interesting because it feels like now is not the time to be starting it. Like you should have already done this work so that you can be taking action in this moment. And honestly, it's so complicated that it's like you can't just read a book about police brutality and understand it because there's so much history and so many other things that you need to build on to be able to understand the complexities of these social issues. Like society and human beings are so complicated. Mm -hmm. That's why I think there's so much power in conversation. I, I love it. Please listen to podcasts, watch movies and not the help guys please don't know but it's like watch docu uh, watch uh documentaries for black people by black people uh, do do that please please do that but at the end of the day you still need to have what i have seen in my own life there's still something about making quite personable that i feel like is is there you know mm -hmm. the, the thing that i have seen uh when when Brianna was was murdered in her home of someone saying, well, I'm so glad something like that couldn't happen to you. And to me personally, to my face. And, and there, there was this, this brief moment of there was still this disconnect. And I think as we talked about before, whether it's because of my biracialness or how I present myself or because I'm physically, there's no connection. I'm like, we both have dimples. We, we both love our families. You need to start seeing my face into those faces that are being murdered because I see my father's face in George, you know, and I see, I see my brother's face in Trayvon. I see them, but I feel like, unfortunately, until we actually sit down and have those conversations with people and open up that dialogue, you're never going to make that correlation. I just think there's something very personable. We talk about the importance of firsthand uh, accountants. It's um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, Danica, you sound fine to me, but I see in the comments someone said that you're getting a little quiet. Um, I'm not sure if you no. moved anything, but you sound okay to me. Sorry to. Okay. No, 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 no. I mean, what, what, what good is going off if no one can hear you? Uh, but yeah, please let me know if anything else goes weird with the sound. Uh, it's, cool. uh, but yeah, so 
I, I would say to any other unicorns who are experiencing what Danny and I are kind of, you know, going through just as women of color and Danny has been an amazing ally to me and to a friend to me. And I always say like her fight is my fight and vice versa. Like that, that's what yeah. that really, there's a kinship there and we, we are down for, for each other doing the work always for one another is that you have a safe space, like grieve people of color. It is okay to grieve. It is okay to be angry. It's okay to be confused. It's okay to have that fight or flight or freeze. Cause let me tell you, I, 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 I froze cause I was so angry and I didn't think people would be able to see me in my rawness. I'm not, people don't know me as an angry person, but I, I froze. I really did just by sheer anger. Have that, allow that. Maybe don't put that on social media cause no one deserves your rawness. They don't deserve it. It is precious, but <laughs> get you a beautiful unicorn to be able to talk to and have that rawness because I've laid it out with Danny and it has been and I hope she feels that same way that she can be that way with me the pettiness the anger the rawness and just let it out there and have that space it is so valuable to have that yeah and I I mean we've talked about this before but this idea that like particularly as people of color we have this tendency to want to edit ourselves because we are very aware of how we come off to other people and very aware of the filters that we're being seen through. So I think, and I'm projecting a little bit, I'm sorry, but I think like, you know, a black woman, perhaps like there's that stereotype of angry black woman. So like, it seems like it's something you want to stray away from, even when it's your truth, like in, by all means, right now is the time to be fucking angry. But like, we have, we've been conditioned in this way to like be afraid to show up in authentic ways in spaces with certain people, um, because we're afraid of how we're going to be perceived. And so I think, like, I'm not saying that we need to turn that off because it is an important survival mechanism for the world. <laughs> like, like we need that. That's why we have it. That's why we've developed it. But at the other time, on the other hand, I think like being aware of that um, and the reasons why you're not feeling like expressing yourself in certain places, like awareness means so much. And I think like knowing why you're making the choices you're making is very important in this moment. Oh, thank you. I'm really encouraged by that. And I do, I do, I don't want to get labeled as a angry black woman because everything I say will be discounted no matter how beautifully I put it, how much research I've done. If there is hostility, there is something within people's minds that just, just shut off. And so it is what I would really love is for my, my beautiful, lovely white friends is that there is a, a thickness of, of skin and toughness that I think your friends of color would really appreciate you developing during this time. Because how many times have we learned about a friend being in pain and hurt? What do you say? Why didn't you call me? Why didn't you message me? Why didn't you talk to me? I'm like, because I didn't think I could. Does that make right. sense? And so I, I think there's that, uh, on one hand it's, I'm glad that I have that mechanism, but on the other hand, I'm like, I think there is a little bit of bittersweetness there that knowing mm -hmm. that I can only go so far in my relationship with. 
because there's that fear that's there's that fragility there's the you know there's the judgment there's the lack of cultural comp like competency and but i'll kind of want to talk about that a little bit later but is there any tips danny <laughs> Have you have you had people ask you for what have you had someone ask you what can I do? Yes. Um, and I think that's like a, a common response. And I'm also like in this moment, quite honestly, like I'm okay being a person who people ask what they should do because mm-hmm. like even though I feel this, I feel all of this very deeply, like I know at the end of the day, it's not about me. And I would rather people be asking me than like picking their one black friend to ask. Um, because like, yeah, <laughs> you're all fucking tired. Um, and I'm like, like I'm tired. So I can't imagine how tired. That's my phone bill. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, like I'm happy to put myself out there in that way. Um, because I think I would rather people ask than not do anything at all. Um, but I mean, what I would rather people do is fucking do their own research uh, and do it themselves or like listen to what we've all been saying for years um, is what I would really, really <laughs> prefer people to do. But I think, um, I mean, I, I talked about it. I uh, had like the little thing at the beginning of the episode this week Um where I kind of like just laid out our feelings that we talked about um, and kind of our, our hopes for what people can do in this moment. So like those things I think are, are very important. Like people need to educate themselves. They need to educate people around them. Um, they should be donating to causes. Um, something I didn't mention on the podcast is like amplifying melanated voices. And you've kind of alluded to this as like, yes, use your voice, like use your voice to get people's attention and then step back and and let amplify somebody else um because like the end of the day it's not your fight it's not your message it's not your life so you should be (laughs) creating the space and using your privilege as a platform to amplify other people in that moment Mm, please oh i was just to say what else what else do you think um, what, what I like to do, so I have been asked, like, what can I do? I don't know what to say, things of that nature. I had had a moment where I'm just like, I, I don't know. Look at my feed for the last, like, I don't know, 10 years. <laughs> but like I said, once I'm kind of finishing out of, out of that feeling is once again, just giving people the, before I send someone to do and watch a movie, get a document and listen to a podcast and things of that nature, my big takeaway right now is sit with yourself and say, why aren't you comfortable talking about race? I did a small little video on Facebook about talking about race with your children for for my parents who are not of color, things of that nature. And I am still, I'm a very big advocate that the reason why you're not comfortable talking about it is not your lack of education. You need that. But there's something within you. You have to ask yourself that hard question. Why are you uncomfortable and you need to sit until you can have that fully realized and fully answered. I haven't been around a lot of black people. Well, is that by choice or by where you live? 
um, you know, I'm afraid people are going to be mad at me. What are you going to say that make people mad at you? It's, it is a very, it's like a little kid asking you a question. Once you ask one, you're going to ask another and another and another. Well, I've had bad experiences. Okay, let's go into that. I'm a big fan. You got to be right before you do right. And I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to just have this be platitudes, but you really don't, you really have to get right before you do right in the world. That's another dangerous part of midwokeness. You have not accepted and looked at your own garbage first. And we and the all, thing is we all have the oh, garbage. Shit. All of no. us. <laughs> so much, so much. Insensitivities, biases, uh, blind spots, the gaps in knowledge. Every There is no way you can know what to say to everyone all the time. So please, please, my Caucasian, be encouraged. I have had... I have put my foot in my mouth so many times, guys. It's not naturally this large. Like it is, but that's how you learn and you grow. Like I said, the discomfort is worth the gain of gaining understanding. The discomfort is worth it. I promise. Trust. Yeah, it's gonna suck. It's yeah. Gonna suck. <laughs> you know, and it's hard. And it's hard. And for all of us in particular to look at our flaws and to look at the ways we've done wrong, like that is not comfortable for anyone, but it does get a little easier the more that you do it. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, if I had someone come up to me in, oh, maybe I should have asked her, her her permission, but oh, here we go. Ask for forgiveness, right? Um, I've had a, a, a woman in, in our church. She has a son who's older. I think he's in his almost thirties who is biracial and she, she is white and his father was not in the picture, but she has just been so beautifully humble and transparent about how she did not make her son's biracialness um, an issue. She just says, it's just my son. When I see him, I just see my son and how that's kind of been put some strain on the relationship. They're beautifully close, but there is this aspect of, of pain that she just can't really tap into. And that's because that part of their relationship has kind of, really not been cultivated but her coming to me and saying i don't know you know this is where i have failed and i am i'm sorry and and i i want to know but i don't know where to start like that humility right there she wasn't worrying about how she came off she wasn't worrying about her own reputation right can we underline that she wasn't worrying about how the rest of the world perceived her she wanted to better her relationship with her son and that humanity. I'm like, that's that's where my hope is. That's why we have this podcast. That's what I do what I do. Like some people out there who to become politicians and we need that, we need policies. Some people want to open up youth centers. We need those things. But for me, I wanna give people the tools to have really deep, deep rooted relationships with people that look and sound different than themselves. And so, oh, get that humility, man. But that. You gotta, you gotta check yourself. As Danny said so beautifully, it sucks. <laughs> it does. I mean, it does. Mm-hmm. Oh man, everyone's been so like really like responsive and really like nice. Uh, and- yeah, thank you, everyone. Sorry, we haven't been responding to your comments, <laughs> <laughs> but we've, I've, I've been seeing them, and uh, I really like the discussion that was happening about the filter, like pers- us thinking about ourselves through like a white filter. Um, There have been a lot of, a lot of great things down in the comments. So thank you. Um, Can you tell um, me, you don't do this a lot. So I'm still not used to like, like doing this back and forth. So yeah, 
quite honestly, we don't even use video when we um, record the podcast. So this yeah. is different. Uh, <laughs> this is a treat for us as well. It is. We're like, if nothing else, we get to see each other's faces. <laughs> Um, but how do you feel about uh, maybe opening it up, he hearing a little bit from those of you who are with us, uh, like what, how you guys are handling things right now, if you have tips or advice for other um, BIPOC or for white people in these moments. Um, you can request to be part of the live. There should be like a little button somewhere. Um, no Instagram expert, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we, we really just want to like open up, just go ahead. If you have a question or a comment or experience, we want to kind of just give voice as well. We want to share that space. So yeah, I don't, let's see. Oh, that's right, you'd get it. I would get it. Yes, Nicole. Mm. We support you. Mm. That that fatigue is real. Can we can do we do we want to go while we're waiting for someone? Um, oh, uh, it might only allow one person at a time. That might be a thing. Oh, mm. can you tell we don't Instagram a lot? We don't. We've done live. This is our second time. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, why don't we have questions in the comments? Um, if you have things to say, let us know in the comments and um, maybe we can share them. Mm, the I have a struggling with my identity as a biracial person some days recently. Just recently? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I don't want to belittle. I can't imagine. I don't know if you feel this whatsoever, but it's feeling discredited when we talk about black lives because i think some people put asterisk oh and maybe also brown or black excellence you know I, i've talked about this before i always feel like when it comes to people of color there's or mixed people of color there's always a little asterisk right there when it comes to black girl magic well not completely um that is difficult but something i have learned just from doing the show alone is that I refuse to let people discount my experience anymore. I just, I just can't because it's real. There are people who don't understand that I have been pulled over by the cops for being in the wrong neighborhood. I have not been served. I have been spat at. I have been called the N-word since I was five years old. And the thing is, that is just proof that we need unity and education more because the amount of colorism and unrest within our own community is something I feel is really bubbling up to the surface. But once again, we can't correct it unless we call it out. And so for my biracial people, you are valid, you are worthy, and you deserve a spot. And anyone who tells you otherwise, like that's part of the fight too, isn't it? That is also part of the fight and it needs to happen. And it is an extra amount of pain, but it's a, uh, it's worth it. And Danny and I are here and we got it. We're doing work just for that reason. So, yeah. Um, I saw in the comments too, someone specifically talking about uh, their experience is a white passing biracial person. Um, and so I think all of this of course applies to you as well with 
that added baggage. And I, and I experienced this baggage a lot being um, such a product of colonialism as we all are. But like, I am both like the colonized and the colonizer. And, and so it's like grappling with both sides of that reality are really difficult. Um, and knowing that depending on the situation you're in, you're going to perceive be perceived as more of one than the other. And that really sucks because I think like a lot of us tend to just want to gravitate to, to the colonized, to the oppressed, because we feel like, you know, like sitting in that pain is in some ways easier than having to grapple with this idea of like the pain that we're causing other people. Um, so keep fighting the good fight. And, and exactly what Tamika said, like all of it, you know, like, it's part of the fight is like coming up against that. And I think, but I think kind of a, a magic of that is allows you some access that other biracial people and other people of color might not have. So it's kind of like, you're like a sleeper agent, right? Like you can drop these gems um, without worrying so much about uh, the consequence because you aren't seen as much of a threat um, as other people would be. Mm-hmm. You know, my, I have, I have my, my daughter is, looks like a real life Goldilocks. She has blonde curly hair. Danny's seen her. She has got doe Bambi eyes. She is very, uh, she's very white passing. In fact, actually the other day I had uh, a beautiful woman of color referred to my daughter as white. She did correct herself. Um, but that is something that we have been battling for a while. People not thinking she is mine. And already I've had to explain to her because, you know, talking about what's going on, she's like, yes, I want to pray and I want to support those people and I want to be there and I, I'm going to fight, you know, the little six-year-old, right? And I'm so proud. I'm like, you keep seeing they and those, Mariah, that's my daughter's name. They are you, you are them. And so it's one of those things where I have to tell her, acknowledge about the access that she can get with her, her light skin and there's no shame in that whatsoever because she is a product of two people who have decided to do the work and make this relationship work to bond this human being. And so for my, my white passing brothers and sisters, like you are a tool. And a, like Danny said, you are a magical, powerful, um, what was it? Um, a unicorn with wings is an alicorn, right? I Pegasus is with wings, but I don't know if with wings and a horn what that is. <laughs> but that, that's how I feel because, like I said, you you like you said you ha you have that access, but you might still not feel like it. We always talk about um, people, black people, being part of the barbecue, and we have our light skinned brothers and sisters who just want to have a seat at the table at the barbecue. They want to be invited and enjoying. But like I said, because society has had us within the community pull each other apart because there's not been enough space mm -hmm. for us. Once again, it's I, I understand that hurt, but for me, I've had to say, okay, even people calling me out for being even medium toned, it's like, I am gonna make my own space, but on it, I'm gonna work towards unity within my own community because we can't go forward unless we're unified. And so, no. yeah, so you, my light skinned white passing unicorns, alicorns, Thank you. Use it. You are empowered by it. And I hope that you have people and I hope you're also doing things that are part of um, uh, love, self-love as well to hope to like boost yourself up and give yourself that confidence of 
you are beautifully made and you're not an accident. And I know sometimes for like, we talked about the evidence of colonialism, <laughs> like the evidence of like, we are walking political statements, aren't we mixed people? Even today, I we went to a, a, a prayer walk or a peaceful demonstration. And I'm just thinking myself with my white husband and my very mixed daughter and me being mixed, we are a walking political statement. Take that with pride and not with sorrow. Like carry that like a crown. You are a walking political statement for change. Here's a fun, fun story, Danny story, just like on the podcast. Um, so after um, they, the, we don't have like an official Black Lives Matter Albuquerque chapter, um, but there have been a number of like, there's like three or four of them and they're doing amazing work. Um, black organizers who have kind of organized under that umbrella um, events in the last couple of weeks. And so they had like a celebration of black culture. So it was like a march to the park and then it was like music and food and like really great. Um, so my me and my husband went to that last Sunday and then we were walking back to our car um, and we had parked, you know, at the beginning of the march, <laughs> like walking all the way back. Um, and we're holding hands like we do because we're ridiculous human beings that act like we're in high school. Um, and so we're holding hands crossing the street and like some native dude across the street was just like, I see you holding hands. It's beautiful. <laughs> it was like so sweet. <laughs> That's like, that's exactly what you mean by like just existing in our like mixed bodies, in our like mixed relationships. Like we are sending a message uh, without even doing anything. So I think just like leaning into that um, and recognizing that is important. Mm -hmm. Oh, anyone who mentions Trevor Noah on our feed is going to get a shout out. <laughs> I mean, I wish Trevor would have joined us, but... <laughs> New York, it's really hard. It's Anytime, Trev. Yeah, <laughs> it's on you. Ball's in your court. <laughs> There's been a lot of talk in the comments too about um, family, and I'm seeing like both sides of this. Like, there are people talking about having to call out racist family, which is one thing, and then people talking about like uh, a mixed race person in the in the comments uh, mentioned that their white mamas always dropping gems everywhere in public. Um, so I think there's like <laughs> both of those uh, dichotomies, um, not to put you on the spot, but like how, how are you and your like extended family doing um, in oh, these moments? Right. So, <laughs> so <laughs> you, know, you know what's tricky, and we've talked about this on the show, is that we talk about sometimes it does feel like you are talking another language. And it is difficult when you try to make those bridges and it's not quite there. I have had an exchange with my mother-in-law where she has written me about the kind of, the curtain thing, not and, and expressing some grievance or some sorrow about things have that she realized that she might've said that might've been insensitive. And I did, I did take that as being very, very sincere. But the thing is, and is it ended with, like needing my help to educate and, and, to, and to correct. And that is difficult for me because like I said, it was part of in that time of like, I have been here for a long time. So once again, I think people, what I can say in people and families, I feel like the biggest thing is the fatigue in the patients. And so for me personally, going forward, I think it's kind of like wearing up and being like, okay, 
it's once again, it's worth it. Cause it's not about me. It's about gearing up my family for the legacy. I didn't grow up with my grandparents really in the picture because we are mixed and there were issues and we moved a lot. And I, I grieve for that because culturally family is so important. And I moved to New Mexico where family is very important. And there's always been that gap. And I see for my daughter and for our lives, I don't want that. But once mm -hmm. again, it's, it's about the work and the care. And I see some people can go this two ways. One, they call out everything in their family. They have no chill for that. I'm like, go ahead. That sounds exhausting. I do know people who are just like Thanksgiving. They are ready. They've got their notepad. They have got their resources ready. They are like, they've got their mimosas. They, they come there already have tips. They are ready to call it out they are ready and there are some people who are just like i just need to get through this i i don't know what to do and they're <laughs> they're both okay family is probably the most difficult to talk about with race and i'm from someone who hasn't got it together either because i'm honestly tired i get more fatigued with my family than i probably do with people on the street and that and that's okay and and that's okay i'm learning that it's going to be worth it to, to educate, but it, I'm going to be completely honest. I have really been challenged because there have been some extended, not my immediate, some extended have been some hot garbage. And I had to, I have to put a self perimeter around what we're going to allow into this family unit. And that's also okay. Cause guess what? As an adult, that's the joy. I get to set the tone and the environment of my family. I get to see who, who gets to cross that threshold and be a part of what we're making in the future. What we're making is a family that's based upon openness, talking about hard conversations from a motivation of love and understanding. And if you want to be a part of that, get on board. If you don't, there's the door. I'll make you a sandwich because I still love you. <laughs> so it's it's exhausting. I'm I'm honest, I'm tired. That's where I am. How's your I feel like your family How's your family talk about race? Are they quite open? Um, well, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing. Um, you know, like there is, I think in a lot of Latino communities, there's a lot of weird race things. And so there are weird race things um, in my family. Um particularly like weird, like division between Nuevo Mexicanos and Mexicanos. And like, I don't know, it's, it's, there, there is some xenophobia that I do not appreciate. Um, but so I think it's also to the point where like, when I say something, like people are kind of expecting it. <laughs> so I don't know how, like, <laughs> how much it actually matters because it's like, well, of course, Danielle's going to say that. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. Um, but that's like my mom's side. Uh, but, but they tend to be for the most part. And that's like a very small segment, but like for the most part, very liberal leaning. So very like open. Um, and actually most of my cousins are also mixed race. So <laughs> like we're, we're a big mix. Um, but I think my, my dad's side's a little different. Um, and, you know, I've definitely gotten Fox News clips sent to my fucking <laughs>
Facebook Messenger by like my grandma. And I'm like, I can't, I can't even open this. So I'm just, I can't. Um, so I, I fall somewhere in between also like calling some shit out, sometimes just not choosing those battles. And I think that's, that's the thing with being fatigued with family, right? Like you got to choose your battles. Um, yes, and yes. Choose your hills to die on because you can't die on all of them. Uh, <laughs> You can't, and you do have to save. It's like use your voice, but for me, I'm like I've grown horse. You got to save your voice for other things, and so it is difficult. I always have to remind myself, like, what is the end goal? The end goal for me is always peace and understanding, and work backwards from there. And sometimes that is like self preservation because I am important as well. And sometimes it's like, okay, now comes a learning time. And I think for me, it's also hard because I'm so far away. I think it'd be so different. I'm I'm in England for those unicorns who don't know, and my family's in America. I think it'd be a lot different if we were closer because I'm a big component of face-to-face -face interaction you can really gauge yeah. the I'm not good on paper y'all <laughs> I do not sound good on paper but what I will say for those who are really struggling whether you're part of a white family and calling out racism within your your white family or you're mixed and you've got different temperatures which is for my family and for other people with even in you know what Danny's family like there's people within people of color there is that at the end of the day they are your family and you do have to know their heart that is challenging and so i think it's like that that little bit of tender loving care coming out of of being you know from a personal way and being like okay how can i get get to their heart and what's the end goal is having peace and understanding and working backwards from there sometimes it i've been really uh, inspired by some people writing letters like handwriting letters which i think is actually super beautiful um I'm like, oh my gosh, who does that now? I think there's something really beautiful in a handwritten letter. Sometimes it's one-on-one, -on -one, maybe not doing it out in a big family gathering because that environment does not cultivate really meaningful conversations. Um, please don't send Fox News clips. It's not great. <laughs> um, you know, and, and sometimes- you know, Not my love language. No. <laughs> not my love language. <laughs> you know, who was an avid reader, a couple of books just to help gauge it like I can't say it but maybe you'll listen to an, an author just things of that nature and I and I think with family you get the the added bonus of having the time to kind of work in there if you have a, a racist I don't know second uncle that's only there by marriage he might not be the person to see you like use your energy on but you know a, a sister a, a cousin a mother-in-law that might be worth the effort but other people can disagree but that's kind of where I feel about that so yeah, is there any other like personal wound or I can just like crack up? <laughs> you know? I'm here for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> here for it. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Uh, where the episode that's coming out on Tuesday um, that I still need to edit, <laughs> I will be doing so probably this afternoon. Um, is is about social media and I'm like hearing so many things that we we talked about and we kept, we recorded it you know like almost three weeks ago so right before all of this started um and just like hearing it again with with this frame of this current moment like it's I don't know it feels weird but it also feels like 
reaffirming because like all of those things are so true and they were true three weeks ago but like they feel so much more resonant now like you know choosing your battles thinking about how you're showing up online thinking about who your audience is thinking about like how much does this matter in this moment um it's it's good and it's like I'm really trying to keep it like we talk we talk big talk um on the show and right now and like we do our best to live our lives that way, but like we're human beings, we're all human beings, you know, and, and I'm so good at being petty. <laughs> like I'm so good at holding a grudge. Um, but like, we're just like, we're working through it. And I love that we have, and I feel so fortunate that we have this platform to, to work through it, not only with each other, but with all of you who are out there listening to us. Um, and earlier in the chat, I saw somebody say like, that they felt like they really belong here and like the only place. And I like almost cried. <laughs> so thank you. I, I got like a little in my throat. <laughs> Yeah, that's why we wanted to do the specific one. I don't think we wanted to do something, you know, hardcore teachable, you know, five sex, five sex, five steps to, uh, you know, eliminate racism in your friends list. No, I think we literally just wanted to make that space and say, you know, we see you, Black Lives Matter. We also see you mixed people and how difficult and tricky it is to navigate through this. We see you white people who are so desperately trying to cling to being an ally or like we call a co-conspirator and in this climate right now we see you and we're all tired but don't give up all right like don't give up there are so many other podcasters broadcasters writer all the artistry that's coming out of this that are in it there if to give you that boost and to give you that guidance as I was telling people before, when they said, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do, I'm kind of frozen. I'm like, think about in 20 years from now, when they start writing this and considering this to be history, where do you want to be in that? For me, I'm very privileged and spoiled to be able to look at my kid and say, when she asks about this, when she reads this in her history book, where do I want to say, what was, what was I doing? What did I say? And where was I in all of this? Because she's going to ask. And for those who don't, you have to, are you going to be okay with yourself 20 years from now of where you were today, of what you said it didn't say? You know, what you where you donated, where you didn't donate, because you have to sit with that. I can't sit there and say every person needs to sit up there, sign a petition, go into a march, make amends with people you've offended. I would love to, and probably on the show, I probably have demanded it. But at the end of the day, you got to sit with you. You got to live in your community. You have to be in your family. Can you sit right with you? And I really want to focus that on this particular episode. You got to get right to do right. And here's the thing is like, it's not too late. Mm. <laughs> it is almost never too late. Right. And right now in this moment is not too late. So if you're sitting with yourself and you are not happy with what you're seeing, like change it. Like you have the power right now to change yourself. At the end of the day, there are only like a few things we can truly control. And that's like how we feel, how we show up, how we react. So you change those things. Like it's not too late. Yes. 
you're not a hypocrite. We've talked, I mean, how many things have we put on Instagram? I'm like, you're not a hypocrite if you've got new information and you change your mind. That is literally my entire early 30s. That is that is being a human being. That is being a complex and entire human being. We get new information, we change our minds. It's not fucking flip-flopping. It's not like giving up on your value. It's like it is growth. And like what is the point of any of this if we're just gonna stagnate? Exactly. Honestly, so another person I've actually found really in- encouraging is my, my daughter's best friend who's this beautiful woman named Glenda, who is in her very early 60s, you would never know. She is probably becoming one of the wokest people I have met. Like she's getting on a little feminist platform and she is like, she's, she asks me questions. And even she goes, I don't know if this is right or not, but the thing she's waking up and she is tr- and her effort to learn and just the amount of what she's doing it. I'm like, here's someone who could say, you know, this is the way I've always thought and it's never bothered me and it's, bothered i'm loving seeing people who are like they're getting bothered and i'm like yes lean into that you know that that's my my hero and it's just allowing that growth you know it's it's it is a totally completely beautiful thing and but once again like if you want to go with the whole growth uh metaphor like you got to prune you got to do the water, you got to check in, you're going to get weeds, you're going to get slugs, there's going to be things that impede you, there's going to be blight, there's going to be drought, there's going to be monsoons, there's going to be all the flood of things that are going to impede and hinder your growth, but still let the roots go deeper, still continue to flourish, because at the end you get something incredibly beautiful and meaningful, and that's what it's all for, that's what it's all for. So I needed to hear that. I have to tell it to myself as like Danny was saying, you know, we're preaching this to ourselves because like I said, I have been stuck in a angry, petty place, but I'm dusting off. I have been encouraged by so many people and getting to freaking work. (laughs) And and just, just to, to push on that, um, getting to work. So it's like you grow, you get to work, you're doing the work any moment it's okay to step back and take care of yourself like we talk about this all the time mostly on Sundays but it can happen any day like self-care is so so important and like there is no way that we can continue to fight these battles and continue to grow without taking steps back to take care of ourselves like you hear the saying like you can't pour from an empty cup right so we have to the time to refill our cups um and it's okay and don't punish yourself like (laughs) you can't be on a hundred percent all the time that's not a realistic expectation it can't be (laughs) so maybe should we maybe kind of wind down and maybe round out the rest of our conversation of maybe some self-care a little bit for maybe specifically for our lovely people of of color I love it. What do, you, uh, what do you think is some good ways for us lovely unicorns to decompress? Mm, I think there's like lots of things. So something I've been doing, like leaning hard into, and I know you've been seeing this, um, is like my my biggest thing right now has been I've been designing and doing like a different needlepoint every single day. It's a lot of fucking needlepoint. Like these needlepoints take like two to five hours each. So 
like a lot of a lot of time and energy and sometimes I can work on them like when I'm on a zoom call for work or, or something but um on my friend right now I don't she is like cranking them out some kind of weird needlepoint machine like she is just, like on like go to her page stalk her look at her stuff it's it's so so good it's private but if you request me I'll let you follow it <laughs> I just mostly don't like I made it private because I don't want my college age students finding me following me. It's weird. Um, but anyway, they're like social justice themed needlepoints. So it's like fuck racism and like Black Lives Matter and say her name, like these sorts of things, defund the police. Um, and it's like so meditative, like just the act of doing needlepoint is like such good meditation for me. And then like uh, someone pointed out to me that it's like, it's almost like a voodoo doll that I'm doing because it's like, I'm like thinking about my intention for the world and just like stabbing. Um, so I highly, highly recommend Needlepoint as a self-care method. Needles have just skyrocketed. Just absolutely skyrocketed. It's brilliant. How about you, Tamika? What have you been doing or what are some things that you would recommend to other people? Uh, I have been getting back into poetry. I used to write a lot of poetry. Um, that's something I really find quite meditative as well. Same thing of where I can be this other person that gets to be angry in this world without fear and, and, and putting it out there. Um, and also, I think that that's, that, that's just for me and, and doing that. And I think really clinging to my, my family as well, just having that of like, because it reminds me of why I'm doing this. But I think something I have underutilized in the past that I've actually found to be, oh man, if I had this when I was older or younger, is uh, clinging to other people of color. I um, I have going towards my community. So preface that one, this has kind of come up on the show and come up in my life of just saying, why do people of color feel like they need to have their own groups? Uh, you know, Portland Hemplo, uh, you know, uh, black nurses that kind of came up from, from somebody. Why do they feel like they need to have that? And I think this is the perfect example of where I don't feel like I'm talking to my best friend, talking to you, talking to other beautiful unicorns and checking up on them and seeing how they're doing. That has been gosh, I really wish I had that when I was younger, of just making me feel like I'm not crazy. I'm, I'm not alone because I just, I didn't have to over-explain. I didn't have to explain at all. I just had to be. And so I really hope that other people, like, find you a community. We'll be your community if you don't have it. We'll listen. We'll, we'll give you all the snaps. Like, we'll be petty with you or you can be petty with us. Like, it's just, oh. we're here. We're here. I, I have found that to be so incredibly, uh, powerful and for those who have written us and have questions or suggested us like thank you because i also find that very very encouraging as well to just to kind of keep going danny and i have said many times we don't want to be screaming out to avoid that's not the point and we also don't want a lot of echo chambers either we want to know people are feeling seen and heard and be giving like tools and resources to have a practical life as a person of color just something to make it a little bit bearable so yeah yeah I agree with that too that's huge for me also like I love my white friends I love 
them, but like they don't understand in the same way (laughs) and they never will. And that's okay. That's so okay. You're not being exclusive by doing that. Like my daughter's godmother is white. I married a white guy, big fan, big fan, mom's white, but they're, I, you have to spend a day in someone's shoes, but you just, you just, you can't, you just can't. And that is okay. You got to be okay with that. Both sides. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, this comment, it's nice having a place where I don't have to explain being mixed. Y'all get it? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, that's the point. That's the point of having these spaces where you can, like, be ourselves. Because, like, without the need for that, like, explanatory uh, explanatory comma, like, having to explain all these things and all these feelings and all this background, um, like, that's, it's nice. Because then you can get over that bullshit and you can, like, really lay into, like, what the matter at hand is. Exactly, exactly. It is a deep cleansing breath. And then you're like, all right, cool. I filled up. Get back to work. (laughs) All right, friends. We are reaching the end of our hour. Um, Thank you so much, all of you who joined us. um, And thank you so much, everyone who wrote stuff down here, over here, wherever it is on your screen. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But uh, we really appreciate you. And we really appreciate you taking time out of your Saturday to spend with us. Um, this has been really great and uh, drop us a line if you think we should do this again sometime um, because yeah. that would be cool yeah but, I mean I just like face honestly I like your face mm-hmm. <laughs> you have a really pretty face it's nice to look at <laughs> your whole mouth and I always want to say like <laughs> <laughs> Please do it again. Thanks. All right. All right, friends. Well, we'll be be around. You can always send us a message here. You can send us an email, biracialunicorns at gmail.com. You can call us and leave us a voicemail, too. That's always an option. If you want us to literally hear your voice, we're happy about that. That's good. Yeah. And and I'll do my best to save this live. Uh, The responsibility was put on me to do it. the biracial yeah. unicorns account because to me it was great so i'll do my best to save it and post it um and feel free to share it and um listen to us on tuesday we'll be talking about social media in the full episode oh good all right friends thank you this was so lovely uh i'm just like it's midday here in Albuquerque so I feel like I can like do anything today dude I'm about to have the biggest mojito and just be like it is all gonna be okay (laughs) and that's the thing like at the end of the day we all gonna be okay like this is we're gonna be okay (laughs) hashtag the course it all gonna be okay (laughs) all right friends we'll talk to you later peace out